Welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I'm an empowerment coach, mindset mentor, personal development enthusiast, and holistic health advocate. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you are looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life and become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story and to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Empowered with Erica. Your host, Erica, here, and today we are going to talk all about staying sober through the storms. So for some of you, this may not be the most applicable podcast, but I'm going to talk about it anyways, and maybe you'll learn something, maybe you won't. So if you have not listened to episode three of the podcast, that's where I talk all about why I decided to get sober and more about my sobriety journey. So I'll do a quick recap, but I do really recommend that if you have not listened to episode three, that you pause and you go listen to that and then come back to this episode, especially if you're sober curious or if you are really just wanting to learn more and you want the backstory between before I talk about um, why, why I decided to get sober and talk about how I stay sober through the storms. So as a little baby recap, I got sober in December of 2019. I was like sober curious, I would say in August of 2019, but I really decided and hunkered down and I had my last drink in December of 2019. And I'm not gonna go into the details of why I made that decision, but essentially I just realized that I was not using alcohol in a healthy way. Addiction runs in my family and I realized that if I do not do this, I'm going to fuck up my life. And I had not quite gotten there yet, but um, we were getting there. We were well on the path to me losing a lot of shit that I worked very hard for, and I was not willing to do that. So thus, I decided, I just decided that this is going to be what I'm gonna do now. I made the decision and that's been my lifestyle. And so I know my story is a little different than others. I did not need to go to AA. I did not need to go to rehab. I did not need any of that. And I specifically am not someone that drank every day, but the reason I consider myself an alcoholic slash someone that struggles with substance abuse is because I did not have an off switch. So I did not drink every day. I did not even drink every month. Um, But when I did drink, it one brought out not a good side of me typically. I often would black out and I did not have an off switch. And I'm realizing the more I'm learning, um, I do think I potentially was blacking out because of some chemicals in the brain because I really was using alcohol as an escape. And I wasn't consciously doing that. It's not like I knew, oh, you know what? I'm going to get so fucked. I'm going to black out tonight. Like, no, that was not the thought process. Typically it was like, oh, like it was a long week. Let's go out with friends or, oh, I just got in a fight with my ex. Let's go deal with that. Like, no, that's not how I was thinking. It was typically just life was getting overwhelming and that was a socially acceptable escape. And so since 2019, since December of 2019, a lot of shit has happened. And I've stayed sober through it all. 
And I'm one, very proud of that fact, but I wanted to talk about how I did that and why I did that and how just a little motivation for you if you're on your own sober journey or sober curious journey, um, how to stick with it. Okay, so again, I didn't have to go to rehab. I didn't have to go to AA. I know that my journey is different than others and I'm not here to discredit anyone. I'm not here to place judgment on anyone. And to be quite honest, guys, I don't even really like talking about my sobriety. I don't really like talking about the fact that I don't drink um, because there is so much shame and stigma around the topic. But at the same time, like, fuck the haters. And if you want to judge me, fucking go for it. Like, live a day in my shoes and tell me that you'd be super normal, okay? And um, honestly, like, I think one way that we can help decrease the stigma is to talk about it. So the only way we're going to help decrease the stigma around substance abuse is by talking about it. And to be quite honest, like if I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant for a moment, one thing that drives me crazy about people judging those who struggle with alcohol is how fucking socially acceptable alcoholic behavior is. Have you guys noticed that? Alcoholic behavior is so socially acceptable that it takes a lot of fucking strength and a lot of courage and a lot of self-reflection to realize you have a problem. And sometimes it takes people hitting rock fucking bottom before they realize that. And I am thankful that I did not have to hit quite rock bottom, but I'll be honest, if I didn't stop, like if I had not stopped drinking, one, who knows if I'd be alive, because I definitely put myself in risky situations and, um, I do not know. I would probably wouldn't have the career I have and I probably wouldn't be in the relationship I'm in now. Like it, it would not be good. It was not sending me on a good path. And so deciding to become sober was one of the best decisions of my life. And so I just want to talk about that and talk about how even through the storms, like you can maintain your sobriety. And so I'm just going to talk about that a little bit. So since December of 2019, a lot of shit has happened. You know, obviously we had the pandemic, which was a kick in the balls to most people, I think, in one way or another. And for me, you know, I moved across the country. I then someone tried to rob me, which was very traumatic. So first I'm isolated in a state where I know no one and have no friends. And then someone tries to rob me. And then I end a long-term relationship. And then I have a family member die. And this all happened within less than six months. And it was really fucking hard. So yeah, you could say Erica went through a bit of a storm. <laughs> and I stayed sober through that storm. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really fucking proud of that. And I know that some people probably wouldn't have been able to. And that's, it. it is what it is. Like, it, I will say that if you have a relapse or if you struggle or if you um, break your sobriety, that does not make you a bad person. Okay. Do not shame yourself because the world is already too fucking hard on us. We do not need that extra, that extra kick in the pants from ourselves. Okay. So if you're going through something and you were not able to maintain your sobriety, I just want you to know that does not make you less than, that does not make you worthy. You are seen and you're loved and you're invaluable and you can start over at any fucking time. And guess what? Sometimes you have to start over multiple times. Not everyone is able to one and done do it. Not everyone is able to cold turkey. A lot of people need more support than what I needed. Um, but I did have other, I was in another 12-step program. So I may not have been in AA, 
but I am in a 12-step program um, that focuses on healing coming from a home of dysfunction and having um, family members that were either alcoholics or addiction, like in addiction in some way, shape, or form, or just dysfunction. And that 12-step program has changed my life. And I do think it's one of the reasons I was able to stay sober um, through the storms because it was really looking at the key targets and the key reasons of how my past affected me, what traits I started, what traits I inherently had because of my past. And it's very, it's a very powerful program. It's a, it's called ACOA, also known as Adult Children of Alcoholics. You're going to hear me mention it a lot because it has literally been the catapult to my healing journey. Like I've done a lot of shit in my healing journey and I think they all add up, but that is one of the biggest things that has helped me heal. So if you are a child of a dysfunctional family or an, an addict or an alcoholic, it's not just, even though it's called adult children of alcoholics, it's not only for that. So if you identify with that, I would look into this group. And if you want more information from me, let me know. You know, there's virtual meetings, there's in-person meetings, and it has been hard, let me tell you. It's not easy to be a part of that program because you really have to face your shit. But it's beneficial. And so how did I stay sober through the storms? Whew. That, honestly, there's no one easy answer to that. But I do think a big part of it was one, just making the decision that this is no longer how I process the difficult moments of my life. I am no longer going to reach for that Long Island iced tea or that glass of wine or that beer. I'm no longer going to do that. When I'm struggling, this is not what we're going to do because there are other healthier avenues. And I just really was intentional about remembering and reminding myself how shitty I would feel after drinking, to be quite honest. Maybe that, I don't know if this is what a therapist recommends, so this is just what I fucking do, so take it for that. This is what has helped me. But I have to remind myself that it is not worth it. That I have to remind myself, how many times did you wake up feeling like absolute shit? That you woke up not knowing what you said the night before. Did I embarrass myself? Did I hurt someone's feelings? Like, is my credit card in my wallet right now? Like, how many times did you go to the bar and you opened a tab and you didn't close it? Uh, I've done that multiple times in my life. <laughs> and so, you know, you don't want to walk your shame back to the bar, right? And it's just one of those things, guys, where you need to be very self-reflective and a bit of a hard ass on yourself. So on one hand, it's like, duality. On one hand, you need to be gentle with yourself and loving and kind to yourself. But on the other hand, you need to have discipline. I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it. You will be not successful in your sobriety journey if you do not have discipline. And if you do not go and intentionally heal the reasons why you're drinking. So I think a big reason I was able to stay sober through the storms of the past two and a half years is because I was very, very intentional in my healing process. I have gone to therapy. I go to therapy either bi-weekly or every week. I read all the fucking books. I listen to the podcasts. I move my body. I treat my body as well as I can. And I am not perfect by any means. But being very intentional about your healing journey is one of the ways that I was able to stay sober through the storms. So finding a good mental health professional 
10 out of 10 recommend. And I think I'm going to do a whole podcast on just mental health and how I found a therapist and how much it's helped me and maybe some lessons I've learned from therapy. But because again, we're breaking down stigmas left and fucking right. I think everyone should fucking have a therapist because everyone has like a, well, maybe not everyone, but most people should have a primary doctor, right? For your physical health. Why does not everyone have someone in their corner for their mental health? Because we all fucking need it, especially in today's society. Even if you don't go every week or even every month, like just someone in your corner that you can reach out to and have an appointment with, I think is crucial, okay? So being intentional about your healing journey is the first one. And as you're doing that, you are going to learn to love yourself more. You are. Because I noticed, and again, this is me. This is my journey. I cannot speak for you. I do not know if this is your journey. But I have noticed with myself that... Typically, when I would want to drink, it was because I either wanted to forget, I wanted to escape, or I was feeling like absolute shit about myself. And I was like, this little fake cheer me up, even though I knew it would ultimately make me feel worse in the morning. Okay? And learning to love yourself is so important. I think I spoke about this in a previous podcast, but... Sometimes, in my opinion, starting your sobriety journey isn't just about quitting drinking. It's about choosing yourself for the first time. It is about choosing yourself. It is remembering that you are worthy and you are enough. And you are worthy of having a life that sets you on fire, that you love, that is fulfilling, and that just brings you so much joy and peace. And if you are someone that struggles with addiction or alcohol or whatever, it's going to be hard to find that peace. And so a lot of times when we are starting a sobriety journey, it is just learning our worth and it's learning that we are valuable and that we are worthy of feeling that love and that joy and that peace. And we are worthy of being seen for who we are at our core. This may sound a little weird, but I have noticed that as I move through my sobriety journey, one of the reasons I think I've been successful is because By taking away the alcohol and the escape mechanism, I've been able to truly learn about who I am. I've been able to know myself on a deeper level that I did not know before. I did not realize before because I was masking and I was covering it up. And the thing about alcohol is, guys, and I'm going to go on a little rant, it is so socially acceptable. How many times are alcoholic behaviors socially acceptable? I mean, people encourage it all the fucking time and people question you about why are you sober? Why are you not drinking? How about you shut the fuck up? Because to be quite honest, it's none of your business. Maybe that's aggressive, but why the hell do we question people who are choosing to make a decision for themselves to stop drinking? And why does anyone think it's their damn business? Because it's not. So if you know someone in your life that is at a bar and they are not drinking alcohol, guess what? You don't need to ask questions. You really don't. If it's someone you're very close to, I would tread lightly. Um, I know that I did not mind when my friends asked, but I've also had people who have judged me for it. And I learned this later, but apparently someone that I had considered a close friend, we're not really friends anymore, had said early on when we were friends, like behind my back, "Um, I don't know why she can't just drink less. 
I don't know why she can't just drink less. Well, bitch, that isn't how alcoholism works, actually. When you don't have an off switch, you can't just, just drink less. Just fucking drink less. Um, that's not how that works. That's not how addiction works. So, sorry, mini rant, but it's just very frustrating when you're on a sober journey and you are learning to love yourself and you are learning to really be the best version of yourself and you are learning how to handle the hard moments of your life with grace and with ease and not using your old coping mechanisms. And then people question you and they push you to drink and they push you to make decisions that are not good for you. So if you have those people in your life, I really, 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 really recommend reassessing whether or not you want that person in your life because that does not sound like a good time for me and that is not gonna help you be successful. So I guess this little tangent brought me to another thing. What has helped me to stay sober through the storms of my life is surrounding myself by very good people and being very selective with my friends. Being very, very selective with my friendships who am I going to allow in my corner? And even when I was starting dating again, um, me being sober was a big thing for kind of uh, weeding out people. So my current, my partner, Kyle, I love him to death. You know, it was not a big deal for him at all. It was not a big deal. And that was great because a lot of people are very judgmental. He didn't really question it. Um, you know, he did ask me about it, but he didn't push. And he was like, oh, you're going to be a cheaper date. And I'm like, yep. Also a permanent sober drive. So, I mean, if anything, this is an asset. Am I right? Or am I right? But anywho, t- typically your sobriety journey is going to weed out people from your life. Here's my thing. Let them go. It may be hard, but you, your health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, which sobriety affects all of those things is more important and you want people that are going to be in your corner supporting you and cheering you on not questioning all the shit you do not questioning why you are making decisions that's kind of like questioning why someone is going to the gym why like people don't do that people don't question why are you going to the gym like everyone knows why you go to the gym or at least I have not experienced that maybe some people do question it but I've not experienced that okay so learning to love yourself having a strong community And like I was saying earlier, I just really would remind myself, okay, how would, when something was hard, when something was hard, I would remind myself, if I go and have a glass of wine, how will that help me? How will that make this easier? Sure, maybe it'll lighten the mood, but honestly, will it probably just make me more sad? Probably. Probably. Will blacking out be better than facing whatever emotion, whatever difficult emotion I'm facing right now? Probably not. Probably not because then you have the regret of blacking out the next morning. So how is that better? And I would lean into, and this is not easy. This is not fucking easy. So be mindful of this. I would lean into what am I trying to escape? So even if you're not on a sobriety journey, but you are noticing that maybe you're using video games, or maybe you're using TikTok, social media, maybe you're using the gym to escape something. I do think we all need coping mechanisms in our life. And I think the gym or even sometimes social media, though it can be very unhealthy, like a little bit is not bad, you know, is definitely better than fucking drugs and alcohol, right? Or sex or gambling or whatever, whatever the addiction is. 
you know, a little social media is probably going to be better um, or a little like going to the gym or going on your video game for a little bit or watching a TV show. Yeah, like still those have downsides, but, you know, we all need our vices. We all need our coping mechanisms. Um, So I would encourage you, though, to lean in and think of what emotion am I trying to escape right now? Why am I trying to escape this? So let me take you back. Um, when the family member of mine passed away in December 2020, that was hard. That was really hard because it was unexpected and um, I did not have a ongoing relationship or I had a very strained relationship with this individual and it was something that I was wanting to rekindle but then COVID hit and they lived in a different state and then I moved across the country and there's a lot of family dynamics there that made that difficult to rekindle so we had like a couple like conversations on Facebook but that was about it and it fucking wrecked me when they passed away because I never got to rebuild that relationship that I was wanting to and it broke my fucking heart it did it broke my heart. And I had to realize that alcohol is not going to mend my broken heart. It's not. It's not going to make the pain go away. It's not going to make me feel better. It's not. And so I decided to lean into other ways of coping and finding healthier coping mechanisms. So like I said, we all need our vices, but I do recommend implementing a handful of very healthy coping mechanisms that can be your go-tos for when you are feeling the need to reach for a drink. Okay, so I typically only feel the need to drink when I'm very overwhelmed. Like I will tell Kyle, like if I am wanting to drink, know that I am not in a good fucking mental space because I actually don't give a shit. I normally don't want it. I don't miss it. I love being sober. Like, I do not care. I've got my mocktails. I've got my fake drinks. Like, I do not care. I do not miss it at all. It's cheaper. I feel much better. I'm healthier mentally, physically, spiritually. I don't need that shit in my life, right? But if I I do have the occasion where I want it, and that typically is a sign that Erica is not doing so well up here, up in the old noggin. And typically, when I am feeling that way, it's because I'm either not feeling worthy, not feeling loved, or or not feeling, not not feeling love, not feeling lovable. I do recommend flipping that potentially. It's not that you aren't loved, it's that you may not feel lovable. You may not feel worthy of receiving love. And that's very common for those with trauma, for those who come from dysfunctional families. Um, so don't beat yourself too much up up about that, but just remember to make that pivot. Um, I do recommend that. That's something I've learned throughout therapy, my healing journey and ACOA and stuff. Um, but anyhow, I got off track, (laughs) but I really recommend you find some healthy coping, coping mechanisms. So for me, meditating key, I'm currently very into Joe Dispenza's meditation, morning meditations, about 25 minutes. Um, but there's also the O&O Academy. There's a lot of different ones. You can find guided meditations. I know there's like the Calm app and Headspace. I haven't used those, but I've heard good things. And then I also would go for a lot of walks. Like I know I've talked about this a lot and I know like hot girl walks are currently in, but honestly, there's a lot to hot girl walks. Like going for walks are, is so good for you because it's moving the body. It's, there's often like walking meditations you can do as well, but it's good for the body. It's good for the mind. It's good for the soul. And then like potentially add some personal development in there. I also sometimes will add music and 
Um, there are really good playlists you can listen to. So I personally find certain types of music will put me in certain moods. And I haven't done a lot of research into the frequency of music, but I do know that frequent different frequencies of music affect your brain differently. That's actually a rabbit hole I do want to go down because I'm very curious. I just have not spent the time. But I've noticed that I, when I need to relax, I like instrumentals. I like uh, folk music. I like more acoustic stuff, sometimes country as well. And Trent Shelton actually has a a playlist on Spotify. It's called Protect Your Peace, and it's very relaxing. Um, but also like listening to some personal development. So I like Ed Milet. I love the Skinny Confidential podcast. I love um, Andy Frisella, depending on the episode. I prefer more of his like business or mindset ones versus like his political ones. Gosh, so many different podcasts I love. Those are probably my top three. I've really rotate through the Skinny Confidential and Milet. Love them. I haven't listened to Jenna Kutcher's consistently yet, but I really have enjoyed the content that I have had with her lately. I also have not checked out Nicola Perra's um, podcast either, but she does have an amazing book called How to Do the Work. And so I, that book was incredible. So I would believe that her podcast is probably very good as well. I just haven't listened to it yet. So healthy coping mechanisms. Is that the gym? There's been several times where I've just had to sweat it out on the stair stepper or move some heavy weights. And I've actually noticed this recently, guys, that I stopped, not like completely stopped lifting, but I just like took a break from lifting, did some other movement. And your girl needs to lift a couple times a week. And why do I say that? And this may sound very silly, but I feel like when I show myself that I'm physically strong, it makes me feel mentally stronger. So literally picking up heavy shit and putting it back down and doing it again makes me feel stronger because I am physically getting stronger, but it also makes me feel stronger mentally and internally. So I've noticed that I need to have a set of a couple healthy mechanisms. I also love getting in nature, grounding. There's so much science between behind how healthy it is to get in nature. So I love walks. I love hiking. I love paddleboarding. Those are my things. I love skiing in the winter. I just love being outside. Like nature is my happy place. Being outside is my happy place. I love, love, love it. So finding those healthy coping mechanisms. And at the end of the day, guys, I'll just end on this tangent because there is no right or wrong answer. There's no right way of doing it. Everyone's journey is different, but I just need you. If you are someone who's on a sober journey, if you're sober curious, if you are struggling right now, if you are going through the storms, one, do not give that situation so much fucking power that it breaks your sobriety. Don't give it that much power. It's not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. You are worth more. You are fucking worth more than whatever hard thing that is going on, whatever person that's treating you sh like shit or whatever hard family situation or thing at work, whatever it is, whatever your storm is right now, maybe it's a, me a medical situation, whatever it is, you are worth more more and sticking to a sobriety journey is showing yourself every single fucking day that you are worth it staying sober and loving yourself enough to make those decisions that are best for you is such an act of self-love and you are showing yourself that you are deserving and you are worthy of living a life that is fulfilling and beautiful because guess what? You fucking are. And if no one has told you that, listen up. Because I don't need to know you. I don't need to know your individual story. But I know that every single person on this planet 
is worthy of living a life that they love. No matter what's happened in your past, you know, become a better person, work on yourself and heal and enjoy life because at the end of the day, we cannot change the past. I can't change what XYZ family member did that hurt my fucking feelings. I can't change the fact that I haven't seen a certain portion of my family in almost 20 fucking years. We are getting close to 20 fucking years. I think it's, God, I'm 28, so it's like 17 or 18 years now, and that's a long time. That is a long fucking time. But I don't need those things to dictate whether or not I have a good future, and I'm not going to give it that much power. The family member or the friend that's deciding to not have a relationship with you or the coworkers that are treating you like shit or the negative relationship you're in or whatever the fuck your situation is, I'm just like thinking of random things, they are not worth your energy and your mental power and your, they are not worth affecting your sobriety. You are so valuable and you are worthy of feeling that love and you have to start with showing yourself the love first. It all starts with you all starts with you. Because if you cannot love yourself, it's going to be a lot harder to accept and receive love from others. And at the end of the day, you are worth finding out who you are in your core. And I think that's been one of the most beautiful parts of my sobriety journey is just stepping into myself and going back to who is Erica? Who is Erica? I lost myself for a long time there. A long fucking time. And that's honestly, I've realized is because there were a lot of parts of myself that I felt shame around and that's something I've learned through ACOA and that's why I really recommend it for anyone who has like family trauma. Um, But there are so many parts of myself that I have discovered and I've allowed myself to step into to step into a version of Erica that loves life, to step into a version of Erica that is putting herself out there, that is doing the do, that's doing the hard work, that's facing the hard things because unfortunately, guys, the storms may pass, but typically more storms are going to come down the road later. Like I was joking um, in my ACOA group in the fall. I was like, oh, things are really good right now. Things are pretty chill. And then like, around Thanksgiving slash more so in the winter, it was like life just slapped me upside the head. I was like, ha bitch, here you go. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> God damn. All right. I guess this is what we're dealing with now. And so we have those valleys and we have those mountains and those valleys and the high moments and the low moments and the low moments help us appreciate the good moments and the bad moments you know, they teach us lessons typically. They help us realize things and it can be really hard. So I'm not at all discrediting that. And so if you're going through a storm right now, just remember that it's not going to last forever. That typically life is happening for us. It's not happening to us. And we probably won't see the lesson in it in the moment. So it's very fucking annoying when you're going through something hard and people are like, oh, don't worry, everything's going to get better. Don't worry, 
everything happens for a reason. Even though I truly believe all those things and I say that shit, it's very annoying to hear when you're going through a difficult time. And I know that, so sorry if I've like ever upset you. But I say it to myself and I piss myself off. But it's true. It is true. And so if you're going through a storm and you're on a sober journey, remember. Remember why you started. Remember how good you feel now that you're sober. And that doesn't mean that things are easy. Things typically are not easy because you have lost the coping mechanism that was the easiest to get to and that typically was very socially acceptable and that really just like made everything go away. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. It didn't actually make everything go away, did it? No, it did not. It just was a mask. It was a cover up. It was covering up your feelings. It was covering up your wounds. And so this is where a sobriety journey is really hard because typically you're uncovering your wounds, you're uncovering your shit, and you have to get very real with yourself. And that's hard. It's really hard. I mean, one of the things I've learned in ACOA that's been beautiful but difficult is learning some of the bad, like, bad patterns and the bad habits that I've picked up that I now have to stop myself when I realize that I'm doing it. And I mean, I'm very grateful that now that I see it and I recognize it, I'm gonna be like, oh, Erica, that is unhealthy. We are reeling that back in. We're not doing that. We're not talking that way. We're not thinking that way, whatever it is. Do, 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 come back. And then I can reapproach the situation in a healthier way. So I just encourage you to stay strong. It's not easy. If you need to find an AA meeting, go to an AA meeting. If you need to find another 12-step program, Al-Anon or ACOA, find that. If you need a sober buddy, hit a girl up. I will definitely encourage you and motivate you. Um, join our Empowered America Facebook group because that's an empowering community where we can all be high five souls together and just encourage each other on our journeys, no matter what your journey is. And honestly, I think this goes for anyone that's going through a storm right now, whether or not you're sober or you don't have that cross to bear. Um, remember that storms always pass. It doesn't rain forever. It doesn't storm forever. You know, your shit might get rocked for a little bit, but you will come out on the other side. And typically you're going to pick up the pieces of your life to something even better and more beautiful than before. I mean, it's so fucking corny, but I'm just going to go there like the rainbow after a storm. It's so beautiful and it's such a beautiful reminder that beauty can come out of pain and beauty can come out of destruction and beauty can come out of those like icky moments where you're like, oh, I'm never going to see the sun again. You are. You will see the sun again. It may not feel like that right now, but you will. So stay strong and don't give up on yourself because you are worthy and deserving. Thank you so much for tuning in today, for listening to me rant and ramble. I so appreciate you guys and let us stay empowered. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode, and of course, to connect with me on social. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at erica.vishkalis. You can also find me on Facebook at ericavishkalis. If you want to be a part of our online community, check out our Facebook group, Empowered with Erica. You can also find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwithericacom I always love hearing from you, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I will see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.